Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 11. Matthew, chapter number 11. And I want to start reading in verse number 28. Matthew, chapter number 11, and verse number 28. In the context of the Scripture that I'm reading, if you're able to stand tonight, go ahead and let's stand as we read God's Word. In the context of the Scripture tonight that we're reading, Jesus is speaking here. These are the words of our Savior. And in verse number 28, the Bible says this, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy... And my burden is light. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, we ask you tonight to help us in this place. And Lord, I thank you for the singing uh, already. I thank you for the good fellowship. And Lord, just thank you for the Spirit of God that we feel in our midst. And Lord, I pray that tonight now, would you give us receptive hearts unto your word. Lord, speak to us tonight. Challenge us from Your Word, I pray, to a closer walk with You. And Father, I pray You do the work that's needed in every heart and in every life that's here tonight in this building. And God, will give You praise, honor, and glory, for it's in the name of Jesus we pray and we ask it. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Again, I thank you for being here tonight. And I appreciate all of you. And I appreciate uh, Brother Morgan over here uh, being with us. Now, Pastor Morgan from down at Maryville. I forgot to mention him. And I appreciate this pastor coming tonight. Here in the Word of God, in uh, Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 28, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And the words of our Savior when He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm thankful for the day that I heard that call. I'm thankful for the day that when I was toiling underneath the load of sin and uh, uh, when I was uh, walking according to the course of this world, that there was a call that came out and I heard the call of the Savior coming to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I'm glad for the day that I came to Him. If you're here tonight and you've never been born again, you've never been saved, I beg of you tonight to hear that call tonight because He deserves desires to save you tonight. But as I was reading this one day, I'm glad he didn't stop there. He didn't just stop at that, but he said in verse number 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And in verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I got interested one day in that word yoke there. I began to study a little bit about that. Of course, anybody that knows anything about uh, in Bible days, uh, many times women they would take animals out to the field to be used in the, in the field of service to their master uh, in order to plow the field or whatever they were going to do out there to, to carry the load or whatever it was. There, a yoke was something. It was a, a fitting of wood that they would put around the animals' necks. It would couple them together, if you would. And uh, matter of fact, it was like a harness that they would put on the animal. And I thought about, here the Lord is speaking to us, and He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, He wants everybody to be saved. He wants you to come to Him. But I'm glad He doesn't just save you for the sake of saving you, but He saves you to serve Him. He saves you that you might 
be coupled together with Him. Matter of fact, that word yoke there, if you look it up, in, uh, it comes from a Greek word that means a coupling together for servitude. I'm glad for the day that He saved me, but I'm just as equally glad for the day that I hooked up with Him. And, uh, and uh, for the day that He got my life completely, and uh, you see that taking of the yoke there, that's a that's an act of submission. He did not say He would force the yoke upon you, but He said, take my yoke upon you. God ain't going to make nobody here do nothing for Him. He ain't going to force you to do anything. He won't force you to sing with the choir. He won't force you to teach a Sunday school class. He won't force you to visit and witness to folks. But He does desire that every one of us would take His yoke upon us and learn of of Him, hallelujah, and be used in the field of service. When I was growing up in the hills of northeast Tennessee, my daddy had a little farm. We lived on a dirt road, and my daddy, he worked a day job, but he had a little farm to help pay the bills on the side. And, of course, on that farm we had animals, horses and cows and chickens and hogs. And I was the only boy in the family. I had three sisters, so you know who got to do all the dirty work on the farm. It was me. And and that's why when I grew up, I said, I'm not going to be a farmer. i got to find something else to do. Hallelujah. But anyway, I, I grew Growing up, my daddy, of course, he had a tractor, but there were some of those hills up there that you couldn't use a tractor on because of the steepness of the grade. And my dad had a couple little old horses that on occasion he would uh, uh, hook them horses up and put them in the harness and take them out to the field, and he would use them there. And I began to think about that one day. You know, the fact is, in most of our churches today, we're desiring to see a harvest, our souls in our midst. But the fact of the matter is, we want a harvest, but nobody wants to get in the harness with Him. Amen. I'm preaching on the subject tonight of getting in the harness with God. Amen. You say, preacher, what is the harness of God? Well, there's two things that will enable you to be used by the Master and will enable you to be pleasing to the Lord in your life. Number one, the Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God, you've got to be in the Word and it's got to be in you if you're going to be used of the Master. It's almost comical today in this day of shallow Christianity and and bumper sticker cliche Christianity. People will go to try to witness somebody on their job and they don't know none of the book. They don't know none of the Bible. And then they run into some of this religious crowd and and they're dumbfounded because they don't know what the Word of God says. i got news for you. If you're going to be used of God, you've got to know that book. You've got to have it in you. You've got to hide it in your heart. There's going to be days when you won't have your Bible with you, but you're going to need that Word. And this is a good thing about that King. James Bible, it's alive. And when you need it, if it's in you, the Holy Ghost will bring it to you. Amen. I read over there where Jonah, the Bible said, the Word of the Lord came to him. Amen. I'm glad when I can't get to my Bible, my Bible can get to me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad that I have a book that's alive and the Holy Spirit can bring it. But not only do you have to have the Word of God, you've got to have the fullness of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something right now. 
now. We need a few more people filled with the Holy Spirit of God in our churches. Amen. Now, I understand we get the Spirit of God when we get saved because salvation is an act of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you something. Thank God for the day that got filled up with Him. Thank God for the day when He filled my life and He took control of my life. And from that point on, hallelujah, I've tried to serve Him and love Him like I need to. Amen. I got to thinking about that. Matter of fact, I brought a piece of harness with me tonight. I want to illustrate this message. I, I was thinking about this thought one day, and I, I said there's a perfect illustration in that. And I brought a piece of harness with me, if I can get it all straightened out here, and you can see what I've got here uh, today. I, I brought an old, this is an old, uh, old bridle, man. I don't know how old it is, but it's pretty old, and it still smells like an old mule or a horse. Amen. And so you don't want to get too close to it, uh, because when that fellow was wearing this, he was doing some heavy pulling. And you know how that goes. But anyway, I, I thought about that harness. I, when I looked at that, I said, you know what? As long-faced as that is, I know some Baptist folk that that would fit, and you wouldn't have to alter it any at all on a Sunday morning. Because they come in looking like that God's died and, and somehow or another He's went out of business. But, but let me tell you something. I begin to think about that harness. You know, those old animals, my dad would have to go get them. And uh, it, before there was ever anything done in the field, he had to place the harness on those animals. And I begin to think about that very thought of getting in the harness. I'll give you these things about that tonight. And I'm done. Number one, we all need to be in the harness because the harness of God is for our discipline. What do you mean by that, preacher? Do you realize that animal has an old wild nature? It is not uh, on its own. It would never go out to the field and serve. On its own, it would never go out and labor where the Master wants it to. But in order for that animal to be used in in the service of its Master, that old wild nature has to be brought into subjection. And this, uh, this, when my dad would put this on the horse, this has got what called bits that go in the mouth. And I've never seen an, a horse, when they would try to put it on it, just open up real big and grin real big and say, Here I am. Go ahead, Master. Just go ahead and put them in there. No, many times they're like Baptists on Sunday morning when you're trying to preach the Word of God to them. They sit there with their teeth clenched and their eyes crossed and saying, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't need this. I don't. I, I can't do this. But when he would finally get that, uh, those bits in the mouth, once they went in there. See, everything changed then. Uh, You see, before this went on, the animal had some control over what it did. But once this went on, then the Master had the control. Hallelujah. Can I say to you, do you realize the first thing that comes into subjection on that animal when this goes on is, is its mouth? I know some Baptist folk that need to be in the harness because they need their mouth under subjection. Let me tell you something right now. If you get the mouth under control, it won't be long. The rest of the body will soon follow. Amen. I'm here to tell you right now, listen, if you're going to be pleasing to God, you've got to get hooked up with Him. And if you get hooked up with Him, He's going to be the one in control. Can I say to you, you've got an old wild nature. It's called a sin nature. Just because you got saved, that did not get eradicated. Amen. There's two of you now. You've got one that's saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit that wants to do right, and you 
you're still carrying old Adam around with you that you'll carry with you until the day you die and it goes back to the dust of the earth and there's a constant struggle and there's a constant fight. And I'll tell you how you can keep your testimony even when the old flesh is saying do this or do that. It's when you're submitted to the Master and you've got in the harness with Him. And hallelujah, He brings that old flesh into subjection. Hallelujah, He controls Him out. You don't say the things you want to say. There's a few times you know your old flesh rears up, somebody does something, and you want to say something, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, Oh no, you're in the harness now. You can't, you can't say what you want to say. Hallelujah. I'm glad tonight that we serve a God that'll let us hook up with Him. And I'm glad He'll hook us up. Amen. And He'll bring us under subjection to the Master. Amen. Not only is that for our discipline, but the harness of God is for our direction. My dad, when he'd harness them old horses up, I never did one time see him sling the barn doors open and say, All right, fellas, I'll see you all later this evening. You all have a good day. <laughs> that would have been crazy, wouldn't it? Because those animals had no idea the field that he wanted them to serve in. He had, they had, no, as a matter of fact, no desire on their own. But you see, once he put this on there, that meant he was going with them. Hallelujah. Matter, matter of fact, that meant that Every step they took was going to be guided by the Master. You see, this thing's got a range on it. And every now and then, them old horses be going one way or the other that he didn't want them to. And they understood a language I don't know much about, G and Hall. But I, uh, hell, I'm a more of a right and a left type guy myself. But anyway, they understood G and Hall. And every now and then, when they'd be going one way, my dad would go to tugging on the reins. And that old horse would get back in line. Thank God the day He saved me and I got hooked up with Him. Oh, every now and then when I go to veering out of the path, and every now and then when I go to making a misstep, I feel Him tugging on the reins. Hallelujah. Boy, i tell you what, I'm thankful for the times when I've heard Him say, Whoa, hold on, you're about to make a mess out of everything. Amen. I don't know about you, praise God, but I'm glad the book tells me that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. I've got a preacher friend of mine. He's been in evangelist for 50 years. Brother Bob Steele from up in Bristol, Virginia area. Brother Bob's in his probably middle 70s now. And uh, Brother Bob's former state trooper. Been a, uh, in evangelism for 50-some years. But anyway, Brother Bob told me this story one night. He said, Preacher, he said, I love to go to horse pulls. And he said, me and a friend of mine were traveling through a town and we were, had stopped to get a, a, a motel room for the night. He said, when we went in, we were checking in and I noticed there was a poster up on the wall that said they were having a horse pull down at the fairgrounds. He said, I looked and I saw that it had already started. But he said, I told my friend, said, if we check in real quick, we might be able to catch the tail end of that horse pull. He said, sure enough. He said, we checked into our room and said we drove down there. Sure enough, got there, but said it was almost almost over when we got there. Said there was only, out of all the teams of horses that had pulled that night for the competition, there was two teams left to pull, and these two teams were pulling for the main prize. They were the ones, whoever won was going to take home the main prize that night. He said, well, we might as well just settle in here and watch these last two teams pull. 
He said that night there were two different teams. One was a larger team of horses, and one was a smaller team of horses. He said they flipped the coin to see which team would have to pull first, and he said it fell the lot of the bigger team to pull first. He said the man that owned them took him out there. They hooked him up to the weight they were to pull, and said he stood there and waited on the people to give the signal on when to pull. He said all of a sudden they gave the signal, and when they did, that man said he started slapping the rings on those horses and started yelling out, come commands to them and uh, said those horses started fighting and struggling and pulling with everything they had and said they fought and they fought and finally they pulled it as far as they could pull it and they had to stop and said they unhooked them from the way said it came time for the smaller team of horses to pull he said uh, the man that owned them brought them out they hooked up the weight and said he was standing there waiting on them to give the signal to pull and he said all of a sudden they gave the signal to pull and he said preacher I don't know what that man said to those horses, but said when they gave the signal to pull, said he said something to them so softly that we couldn't hear what he said. And he said when they did, said both those horses just stepped up and tightened the trace chains real tight and just stood there. Said that man looked over the crowd and said in a moment, said he said something else to those horses. And said when he did, those horses started pulling in unison. And he said it ended up that that smaller team out-pulled the big team. It pulled the weight farther than the big team. He said, preacher, if i got to be one of them teams, I don't want to be the team that the master has to whip them and beat them and yell at them to get them to do something. He said, but I want to be the one that that still, small voice, I can hear it, hallelujah, and I can step out and do God's will for my life. Oh, I'm glad, praise God, that the harness of God, not only is it for our discipline, but it's for our direction. Number three, the harness of God is for our determination. What do you mean by that, preacher? I've seen my daddy plow them old horses, and the, the day would be waning on, it'd be hot. And a lot of times the pulling was easy. The ground was soft, and man, it didn't seem like it strained them at all to pull that old plow through that soft ground. But every now and then, they'd hit a rocky patch. You find them on rocky top, hallelujah. And they'd hit a rocky patch and some hard ground. And whenever they'd hit the rocky patch, that old, that old harness would tighten up on those animals' bodies. And it's almost like they sensed that the pulling was going to get harder than it had been all day long. And them old horses would put their head down and pull. And man, they'd, they'd blare their nostrils out and strain and pull like they hadn't before. That's when I figured out they weren't Baptist horses. They'd have been Baptists when they, as long as the pulling was easy, they'd said, oh, this is good, this is that wonderful. And then when the pulling got a little hard, they'd have turned around and said, I didn't sign up for this, I'm going back to the barn, amen. That's the way it is today in most churches, as long as the pulling's easy, as long as everything's going well, everybody's ready to jump in and do what they can. But you let the church hit a rocky patch, and you let the ground get a little bit hard, there's a lot of them that want to tuck tail and go back to the barn. But thank God for that crowd that when the pulling gets hard, they just stay in the road that God's put them in. Just stay in the place that God has for them. Hallelujah to His name. I'm glad there's a God that's able to help us. When the way gets hard, I hate to break the news to you, but the pulling's not going to get any easier from now till we see Jesus. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to hit the hardest patch of ground that we've ever experienced in the church world in our lifetime. But thank God there's a lot of times, preacher... 
I've been pastoring in the place I'm at 23 years, Preacher Morgan. I've been there, and there's been a lot of days the pulling's been easy. There's been some Sundays. Man, I'll tell you what, you get up and preach, and you couldn't help but preach. But there's been Sundays I've got up, and the ground was hard. The choir was off-key. Nothing flowed in the service. It just seemed like you might as well flip the lights off and go to the house. But the only reason I didn't do that was one day I got in the harness. And those horses, when they hit the hard pulling, they didn't go back to the barn. You know why? Because they was in the harness, and it wasn't up to them now on when it was time to go back to the house. I'm glad, praise God, there's been some times down through the years I thought, man, I'll do something else. It'll be a little bit easier. But thank God for the day that I hooked up with Him. Amen. I'm glad He's God on the mountain, but He's God in the valley. He'll help you through the hard times of life. Hallelujah to His name. Amen. Oh, yeah. The harness of God. It's for our discipline. It's for our direction. It's for our determination. Hallelujah. And then the harness of God helps distribute the load over the whole body. When you put that animal in the harness, I was reading what one commentator said about a yoke. It said, if you look at a yoke just from the physical standpoint of it, it appears to be an instrument of cruelty. When they place that wooden yoke around the neck of those oxen, he said, that appears to be a cruel instrument. He said, when in all actuality, it's an instrument of mercy. He said, because the yoke helps that animal bear a load that any other way it would injure that animal, but the yoke makes the load it's carrying bearable. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm thankful God said He wouldn't put more on us than we could bear. And I'm thankful there's been times when the load got heavy, but because we were in the yoke with Him, because we hooked up in the harness, you see, it distributed the load over the whole body. Hallelujah. Can I say to you, every church, every local assembly needs some folks in the harness. Because you can hook it to one person here if you want to, but that load is too heavy for him to carry it by himself. But if you, everybody gets in the harness and finds their field of service and finds what God wants them to do, then it makes the, the weight and the load of the work so much more bearable on the one that's leading the way. I thought about, I go a lot of places and the preacher's having to carry the whole load out the house of God. They gotta lead, well you do lead the singing, don't you? I do sometimes at the church, praise the Lord. They got most of the time there, the, they do everything around the house of God. Brother Morgan, I know you told me you're a bivocational pastor. Sometimes that load gets heavy when you're working a job. And I don't. I hadn't asked you, Pastor. He may be the same way. Sometimes that load gets heavy. And boy, I tell you what, you don't feel like you're giving all you can to anything. But let me tell you something right now. If everybody will hook up in the harness, if everybody will find their place in the work, if everybody will say, Lord, what can I do? Lord, how can I make the load easier at the house of God? How can I help the preacher when he's preaching? I'll tell you what. God will hook you up. He'll show you what you can do. Hallelujah. And it'll help bear the load at the house of God. I was in revival meeting. This has probably been 17 years ago now in uh, South Carolina. And I'd been there all week. My family was with me. They had sang in the meeting with me. And we were traveling back home. We were coming up I-77 through Charlotte, North Carolina on a Saturday. It's a beautiful sunny day. 
and traffic was flowing freely, and man, we were driving and coming through Charlotte, and all of a sudden, uh, on the interstate, one of these car haulers passed me that hauls automobiles to the dealerships, and it had about seven or eight cars on it, and on it, and uh, as it passed by me, I looked at my wife. I said, "There goes a Baptist preacher," and she thought it was. I saw somebody I knew that had passed us on the interstate, and she said, "Who was it?" I said, "Oh, you don't you don't understand." I said, "Do you see that car hauler right there? It's got about eight or ten cars on it right there." I said, "That reminds me of a Baptist preacher." I said, "That whole crowd's a riding." Uh-huh. Y'all a little slow in Knoxville, ain't you? Said that whole crowd's arriving. I said, ain't none of them getting no miles on them except the one doing the pulling. I said, matter of fact, they ain't even got their motor on. I thought that's just like it is on Sunday morning, the average Baptist church. We come in and we meet the preacher in the vestibule and we jump up on his back and say, all right now, preacher, get us in the glory today. Well, why don't you crank your little motor this Sunday? Why don't you see if there's some fire on your engine this Sunday? Amen. Why don't, hey man, hallelujah, glory to his name. We're about an hour from Bristol, Virginia, where they have that big NASCAR race up there. And I've never been a big NASCAR fan. After they get started, I can't tell who's ahead. I mean, in a drag race, I can tell who's, you know, it's from point A to point B. I can tell who's leading that. But when they get started, I just have to take their word for it that they know who's ahead. But anyway, and my wife, she likes to watch some of that. And I I like to aggravate her about that. She used to like that uh, driver, Mark Martin. Y'all know about Mark Martin, he drove the number six car. And one day I was watching that, and I looked at her, and I said, Honey, I said, I'm a little tore up about that there deal. You rooting for that fella? She said, Why? I said, He drives the number six car. She said, What's wrong with that? I said, Have you ever looked at that car? I said, It's got a six on one door, a six on the other door, and one on the top. That's three sixes. And his name's Mark. The ones who've read Revelation understand where I'm going with that. She got so mad at me, she didn't talk to me for two weeks. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I thought about it. But you know, up there at that car race, when they're getting ready to start everything and get the proceedings underway, they got that, they always steps up to the microphone, and that's what he says. Gentlemen, start your engines. I'm thinking about doing that Sunday at the church. Right after 10 o'clock, the song sung, I'll say, some of y'all just need to start your little motor today now. And let's see if we can't do something for God in this place. I don't know about you, praise God, but I'm glad. Hallelujah. Listen, that if you get in the harness, it'll distribute the load over the whole body. I'll tell you what else the harness will do. It'll eliminate distractions in your life. This is a bridle. If you look at this, it's called a blinder bridle. On each side of this bridle, there's a piece of leather about where the eyeballs of that animal is is positioned. And when you put that on that animal, then what that does, it blinds him to what's behind him, to the right of him and left of him. And basically, this helps keep his focus on the end of the road. I believe uh, those folks sung that song, I've come too far to look back. Hell, I believe uh, whoever wrote that song must have been in the heart. I believe the Apostle Paul must have been in the harness when he said, forgetting those things which are behind. There's a lot of Baptist church folk, all they want to talk about what used to be and how it used to be and what we did 40 years ago and how this was and how that was. 
When God, all His will is, is for you to get in the harness, get your mind up. We can't change a thing about what happened 40 years ago. We can't change nothing about what happened four days ago. But we can keep our eyes on the end of the road. We can stay in the fight and do God's will. Hallelujah to His name. And every now and then, as a pastor, boy, you get sidetracked by distractions here and distractions there things that get on your mind. But boy, I tell you what, if you get back in the harness, if you get your mind on that blessed old book, everything may be changing around you. People may change. Culture may change. But the fact of the matter is, hallelujah, that old blessed old book don't change. And it'll keep your focus. Because in the years I've been pastoring, I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen people change. I've seen preachers change. I've seen men that used to stand for right and stand for the old-fashioned way. Now going another way. But hallelujah, Whenever I get to seeing all that, I just get my eyes back on that blessed old book and it reads the same as it did the first day I ever picked it up in my life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad, praise God, that the harness of God will eliminate distractions in your life. The harness of God will eliminate those tonight. Not only that, the harness of God is for display to a lost and dying world. You realize they're going to see something on your life? I had a fellow tell me one time he, he did some work with the fire department and, uh, in the community they was at and said they were going to try to raise money for the fire department and, and uh, said uh, they decided they was going to have a horse show, horse pull type thing. And some of them got the right idea that there was a, there's a famous team of horses, probably the most famous horses in the world. And I don't like the company that owns these horses, don't like the product that they sell, but everybody here knows the horses I'm talking about. They're called the Clydesdales. They're beautiful animals, magnificent creatures. If you've ever seen them, they're just beautiful animals. And he said that fire department agreed and this company agreed to bring the Clydesdales to be the main attraction to help raise money for this fire department. And he said uh, when they sent them, he's had to go as an advanced man to, with uh, representing the fire department to meet this uh, team of men. They had three men that came with those horses. He said every one of those men had a specific job for that company. They, in, in dealing with those horses, said they were all very highly paid. He said one man, his entire job was to make sure that the diet and the water of those animals is, was just exactly right. He said everything, everything had to be just right for those animals. And that was his full-time job, paid very highly, to take care of the nutrition of those animals. He said the other man's job was this. His job was uh, when it, it was time to get them ready to be taken out into display, he put the harness on them. He had to hook up all the couplings, had to hook, hook up everything. That was his job. That was what he's paid full time to do. But the other man's job is the one that really amazed me. The final man, this was his job. After all of that was done, after everything was hooked up, the harness was on them, it was his job to go over every square inch of that harness with a cloth to make sure that a human fingerprint could not be seen on that harness before they went out into public view. In other words, when they went out there, they wanted to make sure that when people looked at that, that it was impeccable, that it was an image that was beautiful and magnificent. 
I thought about, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could get church folk hooked up in the harness to the point that when they went out among their lost friends on the job that they looked at them and they didn't see the fingerprints of man and they didn't see what man can do and what religion can do, but they'd have to step back and say, you know what? The only one that could have done that is God right there. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, praise God, but I thank God for the day that He hooked me up. And people look and they say, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? I didn't do none of it, praise God. It was the hand of God that's done it. Hallelujah to His name. It's for display to a lost and dying world. And then last of all, the harness of God is for our delight. What do you mean by that, preacher? My dad would plow them horses and he'd come to the last row at the end of the day. And you know what he would do when he'd come to the last row on the end of the day? He'd unhook the weight that they'd been pulling all day long. Do you realize some of y'all would get shouting happy tonight if you realize how close we are to the end of the road? Some of y'all been carrying a heavy load. You've been pulling through this world. It's just a slog. Every day of your life, you face the same discouragement. You battle the same devil that I do. And every day of your life, it seems like it gets harder and harder and harder. But i got news for you, church. We're close to getting the weight unhooked from us. We're close to the sound of the trumpet. We're close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my daddy, he'd unhook them old horses. He'd take them back to the barn, and he'd take that harness off of them. He'd go to rubbing them old horses down, brushing them down real good, almost as if he's thanking them for the good hard day they'd given them. And my dad always fed his animals good, but on those days they labored hard. He'd throw the little extra in the box. Hallelujah. And them old horses would set They'd stand there and they'd eat the fruit of their labor. I thought about that. You think about the God of glory, that one of these days when we step out of this realm into the other realm, He's got something waiting for us on the other side. I'm glad He's a God that's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I don't know about you. don't know what all He's got. I know the Bible's given us a little glimpse, but you better mark her down when He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over. You better believe, praise God, He's got something special for those who've stayed in the fight, those who've stayed in the field, those who've hooked up with Him. Hallelujah to His name. I don't know about you, but I'm glad. I'm glad we're soon going to the house. Hallelujah. It's been a long, hard journey. But thank God we've been blessed. And I praise His holy name. Thank God. Coming to me, all you the labor and the heavy laden. And I'll give you a rest. But then He said, take my yoke upon he said, I'm needing somebody in the field. He said, would you take my yoke upon you and learn of me? And then he said, my yoke is easy. This is where I want to get to on this. And I'll give you this and I'm done. Last of all, I hear people say, well, I'd, I'd serve the Lord, but I'd be afraid it'd be too hard. I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could live it. Well, see, the thing about it is when you get hooked up in the yoke with him, he's the one doing the pulling. All He wants you to do is walk with Him every day. Amen. Amen. When them old horses hooked up together, I couldn't tell you which one was doing the most of the pulling. One of them may have been pulling the bulk of the load, and the other may have just been walking along with Him. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, praise God, I'm glad that when we get in the yoke with Jesus, He said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. See, the life of a Christian... And you say, preacher, we have a lot of burdens. Sure we do. We have a lot of burdens. But the Bible said His yoke's easy. 
What was it the Bible said about the transgressor? The way of a transgressor is hard. So next time you think about what a hard life you've got, oh, no, no, you've got an easy life compared to that old lost boy out there that wakes up in his own vomit where he's drunk himself into a stupor. Oh, you've got an easy life compared to that lady that's got needle marks in her arm and every day she's selling her body just to get another fix. You've got an easy life tonight compared to those that are out there and sin is destroying their life. Thank God for the day that I heard the call and I came to Him. Thank God for the day that I hooked up with Him. You know how I ended up down here in Knoxville, Tennessee? When I came down here the other night, I didn't know a soul in this building. I had only met this preacher and I couldn't even remember meeting him. I knew I hadn't been in service with him. But you know how I ended up down here? Because one day I got in the harness and the Master has led me to some beautiful fields. He's led me to some places and met some people that's part of the family of God that I would never have met any other way. And it's all because I said, Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm willing to do it. Hallelujah to His name. Thank God for the harness of God.